2: Welcome into the CHGO White Sox post game show presented by Points Bet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox Post Game show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is the full CHGO White Sox crew. We got Vinny Duber on the far left. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at ecknerwall 23 He's a CHGO White Sox community leader. And we are joining you after a White Sox win. The White Sox win Eight to two, they win their seventh straight game on Sundays. They improve to thirteen and six on Sundays. A very take care of business day. We said you're going up against Spencer Howard, a guy who has struggled this year. You got to take care of business. They did that today. Before we get into the uh, game here, the White Sox splitting with the Rangers. We do want to mention you see it on the shirt, uh, the screen right there if you're watching right now on YouTube. We got a brand new shirt in the CHGO locker. If you want to become a member, a CHGO member, and haven't yet, right now is a perfect time to become a CHGO member, get a free t-shirt, and get this one to be your free t-shirt. You got a size C's. Uh, You you know, you get the mustache represented well. Very excited for this brand new release. So check the link in the description below uh, in our YouTube uh, channel. channel right now Uh, it's in the description of the YouTube uh, video Will also be in the description of the podcast but we got a brand new t-shirt celebrating the White Sox best player in 2022 so uh, White Sox win got
0: a brand new shirt feeling good Herb it is a great victory for the White Sox you had Lucas Giolito struggle again but got out of it got through five innings as you said he struggled to get to five innings but the White Sox bats woke up versus a Spencer Howard who is you know no damn good and it was good <laughs> to see that Andrew Vaughn treated him as such and the White Sox had hits for days today it was good um that see and Alex Root started off with the Lurie haters are shook or owning the haters Lurie Garcia three hits today and created a run just by himself by hustling to first and then on the air by the uh, Rangers hustling all the way from first base to home and scoring the eighth run of the game. So I'll crap on him when he does poorly, but I got to give him credit right here. He got some revenge on his former mates out there in Texas. I'm sure there's nobody still in Texas when uh, Lurie was back then. So it's a good victory and splitting versus the Rangers is not ideal, but it's on the road. They win at home, so I'll take what they give me after the way that those
1: first three games oh. of the series went for this offense, right. this was uh, exactly what they needed to show that they're still capable of doing this kind of thing. Obviously, like we talked about in the pregame, doesn't mean that the next game is going to look like this because the way this season has gone, it's been kind of, you know, one step forward, one step back when it comes to offensive production. But, uh, this would be the uh, the example, this would be the template that you would want, if you're the White Sox, to use moving forward, uh, because this is exactly what a lineup like theirs is supposed to be capable of doing, putting up a big number, putting up a couple of crooked numbers throughout the day, uh, and putting up a very large number of hits, and just kind of an onslaught against the opposing pitching staff. Uh, you know, certainly the Rangers, with the quality of the starting pitcher that they sent out there today, hmm. this was... Probably not too uh, hard to predict that something like this could happen, but we've seen it a lot from the White Sox this year when a pitcher of that sort of caliber has, has not been uh, a, the recipe for offensive success right. for them. So to be able to get that today was uh, was big. They need to do it a lot more uh, if they're going to move ahead of the Minnesota Twins, who they are not very far behind right now.
2: Yeah, and taking care of business. Again, uh, they haven't lost a series. They've only lost one series uh, since July. They've lost one series, the July 4th, 5th, and 6th series uh, at home against Minnesota. That's the only one that they have dropped. Outside of that, they've either been splitting or winning series. So at least staying afloat, and you look back, the last time they were more than three games out uh, was July 24th. So this team has been able to keep that three-game, two-game deficit. We just want to see it get to one game. Maybe they'll even be at a tie uh, at the AL Central soon enough. And uh, it should come uh, anytime. anytime. Uh, now because right now the White Sox have four games coming up against the Royals. They got three games coming up against the Tigers. Uh, the Twins and, and Guardians have been able to stay afloat uh, above the White Sox so far, but uh, right now, Herb, it feels like if the White Sox want to jump into first place, uh, this is going to be the next seven games to do it before you welcome in
0: Houston to uh, uh, Chicago on the 15th. Yeah, and I believe that the Minnesota Twins go to LA and face the Dodgers for two games. So that's going to be a tough test for them while the White Sox are playing a, a also ran a lesser team. But the Royals have been playing pretty, pretty good ball versus the uh, Boston Red Sox, especially today. So the White Sox just got to take care of their business versus the Royals when they're in Kansas City. Doubleheader on Tuesday. It's a straight doubleheader, which thank God, Royals. Thank you very much. That split doubleheader stuff is just garbage. I know it's a cash grab, but. These players can't be at the games too long. And I speak more for Vinny and his uh, his comrades. I mean, yeah. Vinny's not going to go there, but 12 o'clock game and then you got a 7 o'clock start? No, no thank you. But the White Sox have an opportunity this week to win Sean a bet. So I can shave my head. Or if you want something other bet, Sean, we can go with there. Because Sean bet that the White Sox will be in first place by August 12th, which is this upcoming Friday. Yeah, and you instated Ooh. Price is Right rules. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you were the one who jumped out to do the August 12th thing. I didn't tell you to do that stuff.
2: I don't even remember agreeing to shave my head. All right.
0: Well, here's a question that I have, and I'm sure some
1: viewers have it as well. Uh, the August 12th mark, they could conceivably be in first place before August 12th and then fall out of first place by August 12th. Yeah. What are What is the situation there if that were to occur? It's just getting to... First place. So if they hit first place before the 12th and then they fall back out of first place, it still counts as them being in first place for August 12th. It's
2: it's the first time that they're in first place. As long as that's on the 12th or before, then I don't lose. Which, again, I feel isn't fair because you picked the 22nd. So there's enough overlap right there to at least give us... You know, an over/under situation here again. Steven said August, but you 16th. said the twelfth. Yeah, I was about to say I didn't force <laughs> you into the twelfth. Yeah, you
1: volunteered that. That's true. Hey, uh, I mean, and l- here's here's another one. Games go late on the twelfth, and they don't move into first place until the thirteenth. What happens in that situation? <laughs> no, Sean no, loses. No. Come on, no, no, no. <laughs> like after midnight on <laughs> yes. the thirteenth, is that count as still the twelfth? No. Yeah,
2: I would say if the White Sox win before the strike, the, cl- the clock strikes midnight. I still think that it counts that it, they move in because it's a win on the twelfth that pushed them into first place. Incorrect. Well, right, that's what he's saying. But yeah, what yeah, if I they agree. don't win
1: until after midnight? What if the game goes long or there's a rain delay or something? What if that, it, that when, Cascade concert doesn't get off to the start <laughs> that everybody, you know, everybody has to stay up late for Cascade?
2: Uh, when the game starts, the game starts. So well, if it, starts. Yes. Okay. So if, it, if you know the the White Sox on Cascade Day. Uh, start on six ten against the Tigers. Minnesota start out and starts out in L.A. at eight thirty eight. So uh, you know if that one ends at one a.m. you know Central, Central, Central Time, time right. I still think it should count because okay. it started on Friday, All August twelfth. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this before we get into uh, this matchup and, and the eight to two victory here, uh, because the White Sox, I mean, have a favorable schedule. Uh, they got four games against Kansas City, two on the ninth, one on the tenth, one on the eleventh. And then, again, welcoming Detroit for a three-game series on the 12th, 13th, and 14th. Minnesota plays the Dodgers on the 9th and 10th. And then the Angels on the 12th, 13th, and 14th. And then the Guardians play the Tigers on the 9th, 10th, and 11th. And then the Blue Jays on the 12th, 13th, and 14th. We saw Toronto somewhat take care of the Twins. The Twins uh, had two wins in that series. Uh, Friday was a close one, and then this one came down to extra innings today as well. Um, They actually split that series because they had played a four-game series, so they they lost on Thursday, lost on Sunday, and won on Friday and Saturday. Um, What do we need exactly? Is it just all losses? Like, if Minnesota just loses to the Dodgers here, that's all you need? Or, like, what's more important for the White Sox to take over first place here? I guess it's stupid. Like, obviously wins, but... I I mean, we're not, I don't think we're there yet.
1: You know what I mean? Like it's, it's August, it's early August. Like, you know, we're talking more about your bet at this point than we are actually where the White Sox need to be. The White Sox need to have one more win than the twins do on the final day of the season. That's really what it comes down to. Preferably they have one uh, for the White Sox. They have at least one more than the guardians as well. But, um, but yeah, the, the idea being that and there's a perfectly good comment down there, you know, from a White Sox fan who cares what the twins do? worry about the white sox. It makes sense. I mean, if, if, from the White Sox perspective, mm. win games. that's and there's 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 enough time left that we're not necessarily needing to scoreboard watch quite yet. I understand the ideas that, you know, oh boy, this could be the time they move into first place kind of thing, but there's only one day that they need that they
0: need 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 to be in first place, and that's the last day of the season. And Tom, like we're, Us worrying about the Twins or the White Sox doesn't affect the Twins or the White Sox, so we will speculate on a podcast about the White Sox, what the Twins need to do. I mean, it's obvious. They, the White Sox, need to only worry about what the White Sox do, of course. But, the twi- I mean, us here speculating on a podcast, that's, of course, uh, uh, needed. White Sox just need to keep on doing what you just said, Sean, winning series. They've won or split every series except for the one versus the Twins, especially when they pull, play versus the Twins and, the, or, and or the Guardians. Win those series or split them. And I think eventually it'll shake out that the White Sox will have the better record than both of those teams. They don't have to play as kickingly great baseball, which they haven't, and look where they're at. They just played very mediocre, very poor baseball this whole year, and they're two games out. That's why it's so infuriating, because you know this team is no damn good. And you know the teams in front of them are no damn good. But eventually, the cream will rise to the top, and the White Sox will win this division. That's all you know. But then you get to the playoffs, you know it's going to be all over that's the frustrating part, and Vinny was talking about in the the pregame. The series this year has just gone on a straight line. It's like Illinois, just flat as hell, just <laughs> so it's garbage. appropriate. There you go, just garbage <laughs> all year long. We'll win. We'll be happy as hell. We'll AL Central champs again. We'll you know g- grab our shirts and such, and then go and summarily get dismissed at the crib by some also ran team that won the uh, the third wild
1: card. But I'm very I'm very interested to, to ask you this question because I see a lot of it on, you know, whether it's I'm at, I'm at the game and I'm seeing it on Twitter or I'm seeing it in the comments during our show. Um, and obviously, this is through the prism of the expectations that they had in the preseason. They were supposed to be a World Series caliber team. They have been very far from that, obviously. And so I understand that no matter what happens, if they're going to stay far from that, people are going to be disappointed in a way. But... Given the history of this franchise, would them winning a bad division and making the playoffs be, like, bad? Like, everybody says it like it's some real bad thing kind of thing. Like, I understand that it would be disappointing given the preseason expectations, but just in general, the White Sox making the playoffs, it doesn't happen very often. Right, but that's why (laughs) I think with how
2: easy this division is, is, how weak this division is, and with how much money is being spent on this team, the Seventh highest payroll in baseball. Mm-hmm. If this team fails, it just kind of is the biggest gut shot to fans.
1: Even if they win the division and make the playoffs, like I'll put it this it, way: even if, no, it, it doesn't need to be yeah. seen. It doesn't need to be seen as succeeding because they will have failed their own expectations. Yeah. But is there some is there some joy to be had if you're a fan in watching a team that you root for that
0: hardly ever makes the playoffs make the playoffs? Yeah, I think. White Sox fans, when they're in the playoffs, those three games will be hyped. Everybody will forget about all these games in the regular season. like, hey, we won enough games to win this division. Now we're in the tournament. Let's go and win them because we have some of the best pitching in baseball. But if and when they fall short, I think we're going to look back and say, you know what, it was good to win two consecutive AL Central Divisions but that's not our goal at the At the ultimate goal is winning the World Series or getting to compete in the World Series. And I guarantee Rick Hahn's going to be like, hey, man, I didn't say that we we're going to be winning World Series. Yeah, ask me after the parade. I said, you know, we're going to be in position to be competing for championships. And technically, he could say getting to the playoffs three years in a row is in position to win a championship, to contending for championships. So like 10 years from now, when we're looking back, it's like, man, those are some golden years when the White Sox are in the playoffs all the time. And winning that 2022 championship wasn't, you know, satisfying at the time, but look back now, it's like, you know what, they persevered through some bullshit, uh, hitting some managing, uh, uh, bad managing and they won. So I guess after hindsight, you can say it, but in the moment right now, no, I think this team is mediocre at best. And the teams in front of them are the same. And then if you win and you're just the tallest guy, I don't want to say that word. I See, I want don't to say... Then. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that word, but I was going to say, if you're the tallest of the short people, shorter people, it doesn't really matter, really. You know, right now, it wouldn't really matter. So, think, is, well, so,
1: and is there, is the, I mean, is there really no situation in which, again, certain fans, fans uh, covers a large number. People are diff- happy with different levels. I'm just kind of interested in the psychology. That's why I keep asking this. I, is there really no situation besides winning the World Series in which people are happy?
0: I think getting to get into the ALCS... Was, was which was my initial thing this year, would be a successful season for this team. Seeing progress was always my
2: thought. So if they get past the first round... I think that would be a success. I'm not expecting them to beat the Yankees and Astros. I mean, I, I have no expectation even before they played, you know, subpar baseball for 108 games. I had no expectation that they'd be able to beat the Astros or Yankees. I thought those teams were much better than the White Sox heading into the uh, the, the the season, and they've proven that this year. Um, I, I and I agree with Herb. Like, if they make the playoffs. I'm not going to act like I don't sit here every pregame show and pick the White Sox to win about 80% of the games. I sit here and say, oh, they're going to win today. Oh, they're going to win today. If they're in a three-game playoff series, absolutely I am excited for the White Sox. I, I have the the thought that, you know, they're in and they have a puncher's chance is something that I think Dan Payton said. Um, You know, if they hit 15 times in a playoff game, they're probably going to put themselves in a good spot to win, and we've seen this pitching be decent. Um, You know, Lucas Giolito had a decent game today. Every time Johnny Cueto goes out, he at least puts them in a position to win. Dylan Cease has been, if not one of the best pitchers in the American League. So I think it's definitely... I mean, it's still fandom brain, right? I, I just don't want to believe it, or I just don't want to put all my chips in again on this team because we've seen that they've been very good in 2020. We've seen that they've been very good in 2021, and we just haven't seen that team come back in 2022 just yet. So even if they limp into the playoffs, winning the AL Central, I don't know if I have like confidence in that team that, you know, oh, wow, this is the team that Rick Hahn promised in this window,
1: oh, absolutely, and none of that is wrong. I'm just, I'm. We, listen, we talk, we talk about this mm-hmm. for a living every day, and it's an interesting conversation, I think, and I, I like to hear the different vantage points because I, you know, it's gotten to a point now where I do have to kind of think to remember the days before I was, you know, turned into an unbiased observer down at journalism school. But uh, I remember being a, a a young sports fan and watching my teams and being so excited when they made the playoffs because. For a while there, it's changed in the years since, but for a while there, in this town, we didn't get a lot of playoff teams. And so every time it happened, it was awesome, even if they lost in the first round, even if you knew they weren't as good as the other teams. I just remember being so excited about it, and now covering this team, I see a lot of reaction that is I mean, literally comments that we see on here every day or that I see on Twitter every day that are like, who cares if they win the division? They're gonna <laughs> lose in the first round anyway, they might as not even, might as well not even show up. And even if that happens, that's that's like that's strange to me that you would go in with that opinion. And I think too, it obviously, you know, we live in a different era where you're so involved into it, you're so in the weeds with you have access to every little bit of information that tells you exactly how good your team is. You're not just kind of turning on the TV one day and being like, "Oh, let's see how it goes today," kind of thing. Um, so it is interesting, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I, I think the conversation is interesting too. I'm not trying to uh, uh, make an argument. I'm doing a little research here uh, through <laughs> through, you, through you two. <laughs> yeah, and I th-
0: think that um, even the hardest White Sox fan on the team will acquiesce to, okay, they've won the AL Central, and they'll be like, okay, let's go into the playoffs and see how they're going to ruin this. You know, they're going to have a negative feeling about the the matchup, and imagine if they win. They'll be pom-poms, black and white pom-poms just cheering up and down. I guarantee all the stuff that's happening right now with this season will melt away if this team wins games in the playoffs. Get to the playoffs first, but if you those people you're talking about, they're like, who cares if they make the playoffs? They're going to get beat in the first round? Hell no. Those people will be yelling the loudest in the offseason, <laughs> especially me. If they don't win this AL Central, right. mercy, I'm going to yell for years about this team because this team not only was supposed to win the AL Central in a walk, they are supposed to compete for this uh, championship, and they're not close. So, yes, they, as Sean said, have as good a chance as any because they have great pitching. And that short, season, uh, short matchup in the first uh, series with three uh, games with Dylan Cease, Johnny Cueto out there and then Lance Lynn for now, that would be my first three. I think they can easily win a series if they have those guys and the bats are acting as such. But the bats haven't right. acted as such this year. It's the biggest <laughs> if in, with
2: White Sox baseball is if the bats show up. And I, I don't know. I mean, you look at oh, the potential playoff matchup. If they win the AL Central, they're likely going to play a three-game series against Seattle in Chicago, which is great. But also they haven't been able to win at home this year, so it's like, what does a home series even do you? Would you be better going to Seattle and playing that there? I, I don't know. I, I, Luis
0: I, Castillo, Robbie Ray, ugh. I'm real good. Yeah, I'm all right. Um, those guys are gonna kick our ass.
2: Um, and shout out to uh, uh, sh- uh, Jeff Fidel. Yeah, Chef Fidel uh, Garcia for the uh, the two dollars super chat. Probably
0: Che Fidel. Chef Put, Fidel putting all the Cuban uh, heroes together. Mister Garcia. Yes. Um, shout out to uh, Mr. Garcia. I do about Hero for Fidel. <laughs> But, uh, you know,
2: you said it, not me. I, not um, me. Yeah, I'm
0: myself. <laughs> I'm just myself on the air.
2: White Sox are two games back in the AL Central, that lowly, lowly eight game uh, AL Central. Uh, they got nine games left against the Twins. They got six games left against the Guardian. It's all about taking care of business. Uh, five and eight versus Get to the working overtime Cleveland. part. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, five and eight <laughs> versus Cleveland so far. And uh, four uh, got and got six there. against Minnesota. Awesome. Um, <laughs> you look at Kansas City, they're six and five against Kansas City, against Detroit, they're seven. And three against Detroit so my main thing this whole entire year was take care of your business in the division defeat Minnesota defeat Cleveland defeat Kansas City defeat defeat Detroit so far you've been doing that against Detroit and uh, Kansas City you just haven't done that against Minnesota and Cleveland so if you're able to take care of you know finish with a winning record against uh, Cleveland or at least a 500 record. If you go three and three against them, uh, that will put you at a nice spot. And then, you know, Minnesota, if you're able to win more than two games of the last nine, if you're able to go, what, six and four or not, that's 10 games. Uh, If you're able to go six and three, three, you'll be able to pull out with a a, a, a plus 500 record. So um, the White Sox can still turn around this season um, and doing it by just, again, winning games and, and winning the games that they need to. All right want to take a quick break and let you know the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you download PointsBet app and use the code CHGO, you'll get two or three bets of $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. Right now is a perfect time to take advantage of this offer. Again, download the PointsBet app, use code CHGO, make a first-time deposit of $50 or more, and you'll unlock all of our web content. You'll get Vinny's articles on allCHGO.com. You'll be able to join our CHGO lounge, which is our CHGO Discord. Only our members are able to join that Discord and chat with us. And again, you get the free shirt, which is a perfect time because we just released the sign. C shirt on our website. You can go and buy this shirt. You can go to the link in the description right now and purchase this shirt. But if you want to get the whole bundle, the CHGO membership, where you get all that web content, like all of our great written articles, the access to the CHGO Discord, and you get that free shirt, this is a perfect time to take advantage. Again, $50 or more first-time deposit using the code CHGO when you sign up with the PointsBet app. You'll get a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt, and again, uh, you'll get $2,000 in free bets, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with Bet. You or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started using Athletic Greens because they started sending in free samples to us. And I'm like, I don't know if I should use it. I don't know if I should use it. I started using it. And I have felt better than ever over the past three months. I have been using Athletic Greens and it has helped me start my day right. With one delicious scoop of AG1s, I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to, again, help me start my day right. The special blends of ingredients helps support my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, my energy, my ability to recover, my ability to focus, my ability to stay young, youthful, you know, keep all those ages, those years off my face, all of the important things. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of cup of water in every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgo socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgo socks, C-H-G-O-S-O-X. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. And shout out to, uh, Garcia, (laughs) chef, what'd you say? Chay Fidel, Chay Fidel, thank you uh, for Cy Young Cease dope shirt. Shout out to our guy Eric from DNVR for designing the shirt and getting the mustache just perfect on uh, Cy Cease. There, all right. Let's talk about Lucas Giolito. Uh, large game, large game. Lucas uh, performed well today. He went five innings, allowing one earned run, but like we said, it wasn't the cleanest of games for Lucas. Three walks, six hits allowed. Um, he did strike out five. What What'd you guys make of Lucas's outing today?
1: Grind. He grinded again. I mean, at least this point, um, you know, as time has gone on, it seems like it's been more – it happens like in one inning. uh, There were a few – you know, there was that stretch, obviously, there where he'd have a shaky inning, go back out there, have another shaky inning. You know, they were piling up on him kind of. Lately it's been one inning is a little shaky, but the rest of it is looking okay. Um, But, man, those – those 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 walks and those these those deep counts today the pitch counts just piling up on him and preventing him from going much deeper into games we know how much he cares about providing length about getting to 7 innings in a game uh, when you only go 5 uh, you know that's obviously not what he wants to get done but only about one run and right. so if that's going to be what he does you're putting your team in a position to win cuz they they're supposed to have a bullpen that they trust to get through it they did today. You know, the, those other uh, four bullpen arms got through it with, a, with only one other run on the board. So um, Lucas was good today. I don't think anybody would say he was great today, but he did what he needed to do, uh, and that's what they need him to keep doing, especially if that's going to be the stepping stone, seeing the results, so going out there and having games where he can limit teams to other, uh, you know, to small run totals, even when he doesn't still really have it clicking maybe that's the kind of thing that can get him to a point where he starts clicking. So I think, you know, obviously him and Ethan Katz have been working very hard in between starts to try to make it happen. And uh, uh, until it clicks, this is, this is probably the best you can ask for a day where you only give up one run.
0: And that's what I always say. Like he more likely than not this year has not had it. And so most of the games have been grinding out to get outs. That's it. Like, Five, to get the five innings today was miraculous he was like at 94 pitches through four and I was like is he going back out there but I think Tony likes to get his pitchers wins mm-hmm. I think James Fegan uh, tweeted that out yeah. well Tony he, said it enough that, that we could that we can uh, deduce that? that yeah and so he wasn't laboring in the fourth he was his uh, batting I believe was the third inning where he kept on walking guys so this is not the Lucas that we had last year this is not the Lucas that has supreme stuff. He's struggling with it. I'm seeing only 93 on the on the gun. I'm not seeing that, that uh, high velocity in the mid-90s. And his changeup, I think mostly he's throwing that low. I remember back in the day, he used to pair that with his fastball, and I know you had some things where the lack of velocity now and how close his fastball and his changeup are, that high changeup doesn't work anymore, and he's not doing it anymore. And his slider was a little bit more precise today. So – Baby steps with him. It's our. It's supposed to be our ace. He's not anymore. So I expect more than five innings and three walks and five strikeouts. You got to up that number a little bit more. But it's baby steps. And he gave the team a chance to win through his five innings. He only gave up that one earned run and then gave it to the bullpen. I would like for him to get to the sixth or seventh inning to give a little bit less uh, reliance on the bullpen, especially with this team on the margins where they don't usually score a lot of runs. Today they did, so Lucas's outing looks a little bit more impressive. But on a day where it's two to one, like it was on Friday, it might not look as impressive.
2: Yeah, and you talk about the changeup and him being able to locate it and where it's being located. Uh, really, down and in is where he's trying to. Find that spot and, and find that location. Um, you talk about him, you know, typically trying to throw it up and in. Um, a lot of it was being left inside today to right handers. I don't think he wants to leave it out over the plate. So I think part of it, too, is. A lot of the throwing change-ups high is about confidence, and I don't know if he has that same confidence he did back in 2020 and 2021. Clearly, they're working on things, and he's trying to find that release point that is going to unlock everything for him. But if you want to take some bright spots... He hit the highest pitch velocity uh, in the fifth inning. Um, So when he was reaching those 100 pitches today, he reached 94.5 miles per hour against Adelis Garcia. Um, So, you know, he was able to empty the tank and get out uh, near 95, at least near the end of the the outing today. So hopefully that's a a good sign to see. Let's look at the pitch mix for Lucas today because there is some interesting things in here that uh, we can talk about. Lucas ends up throwing 44 fastballs, 43% of his pitches were fastballs today. 36 changeups, 35% of his pitches were changeups today, and 23 sliders, 22% of his pitches were sliders today. He ends up giving up an exit velocity, an average exit velocity of 83.2 miles per hour. So again, soft contacts on 15 balls in play. He did get a uh, double play to end the inning, which was nice off Corey Seager. Turned it on Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. He got 13 whiffs. On 49 swings, 20% 27% whiff rate, which is well above the MLB average. That's great to see. The changeup was working today, Herb. Again, down and in was a good uh, plan for him. Seven whiffs on 19 swings on the changeup. But the thing that isn't really, you know, great, is called strike plus whiff percentage of 24%. Mm -hmm. Um, Not great for Lucas Giolito on the day. Average is 27% for major leagues, and he's just not finding that changeup in the zone. He's not able to find that slider in the zone for a called strike. He was able to get some whiffs on it. Good to see, but there still needs to be a little bit more of that sharpness. He still needs to be able to help himself out. And that is what leads to those three walks is not being able to find the zone with those secondary pitches. Again, no called strikes on his changeup or slider today. If he's able to get those, if he's able to get those, especially early in the count, that's going to help him. Even Spencer Howard was able to find some of that today. Um, He found that on like OO changeups and OO curveballs. He had four called strikes on curveballs today. Those oo breaking ball pitches, maybe that's where Lucas can end up finding uh, some edges here and getting himself into more pitchers' counts early against hitters. And you're not
0: locating. If you're not locating those guys, no, you don't have it today. You can't find the changeup release point, and you can't find it uh, to command and control where the balls go. They'll just wait and wait until you throw your four-seam fastball and sit on that, as many teams have done with them this year. This year, but. He grinded through and understood that the Rangers, for the most part, can't take him deep. We only saw the home run late in the game by Nathaniel Lowe, who had an awesome series. Man, that man provides a lot of power this this week. And then that catch in the eighth or ninth inning was fantastic. But I think Lucas knew that they couldn't take him deep. And he helped throw off the shackles of British tyranny also. (laughs) Thank you, Nathaniel. You're my guy. But that's that's a good thing to have when you're struggling you know you don't have it and you don't have the confidence I remember in that inning where Sebi went out and go, went to see him and then like the next pitch uh yeah. it, it got hit hard and then you get uh Ethan Katz going out to see him because you're just calming him down just to say hey give him the encouraging words you're look she little man come on you're LGLG remember remember when Vinny called you that LG LG and this is a big game for the White Sox it might not be big for everybody else but to split with the Texas Rangers and not coming back to uh, Kansas City with a losing record on the road would be a good thing and Lucas delivered enough to get the victory I don't know if I would call it good good enough. I think there's good signs, definitely
2: room for improvement for Lucas today, but one thing that just was shown, um, and especially with the heat map today, um, a lot of his seam was centered in the middle of the plate, and then that slider breaking away to righties, a lot of it was to the um, outer half of the plate to righties, like Jeanine. a lot of the sliders were focused on that half of the plate, all the change-ups were focused on the inner half of the plate, so all of that's playing off of that same direction, that, that same thing that helped unlock him in 2019, where he He's shorting that arm swing. All of the pitches are coming out of the same um, slot. slot. Exactly. Um, and, you know, you got the changeup diving down. You got the the slider going away. You got the fastball coming in hard. So, uh, you know,
0: good signs at least. You I would know? like to know how he feels that changeup is doing because sometimes it feels like he's not confident in how it's going to break. Like. To lefties, it's just breaking away from them. And then to righties, it's going into them. So sometimes it feels like he's not confident to throw it. So we'll break out his uh, four-seam fastball, which is 93 in the major leagues. That gets hit hard. And so in a candid moment, he's like, probably I don't have it right now, but I'm working on it. I'll get there. And, you know, I don't have the velocity I have a couple years ago, but you know what? I can pitch. Greg Maddoxon had the velocity, neither did Mark Burley, but they learned how to pitch with Lesser. And I think that's probably a big-time thing with him and Michael Kopech to pitch when you don't have that fire. And now you have to pitch around the edges. You have to find the command and control to get people out in major leagues because 93-mile-per-hour fastball down the middle without a a spotted change-up or a spotted uh, slider – gets him hit hard eventually. Well, Herb, you call it good but not good enough and I'll give you
1: guys some insight into what the guys in the clubhouse are thinking and that is good enough is as good as it gets. Not not because you know I'm sure Lucas feels he could have pitched a lot better today, yeah. but the point being that what is the most important thing for this team right now? You need to win games. Mm-hmm. And if your starting pitcher is going to go out there for for if it's even if it's only 5 innings, only allow one run, that's going to help you win games more than more often than not. You know, obviously we've talked it ad nauseum about the White Sox uh, not being able to capitalize on those kind of outings throughout the year. But moving forward, they need a win every day. And so every day what they're going to do is they're going to try to get that kind of performance from a starting pitcher. If it's six innings, great. If it's seven innings, even better. If it's eight, nine, fantastic. Mm. But only giving up one run, that's a key. And and uh, I, I talked to Lucas last week, and, and he told me uh, you know, as we were talking kind of big-picture stuff, one of the things he said was, Every game is so important. And it is, because not only have they, you know, put themselves way behind where they thought they would be at this point, but the division is lined up where they're in a a race. They're in a race, and this race could come down to the last week of the season, the last day of the season, perhaps even. Mm. And so to give yourself one extra win on any given day, that's a big deal. And Lucas Giolito helped the White Sox do that today.
2: Well, and looking back at the start of August, you know, you look at their losses – one loss was two to one, so their pitcher putting them in a great position mm-hmm. to win. They lost three to two to Texas. Again, Johnny Cueto put them in a great position to win, and then they lose eight to nothing. You can't win any games if you're not scoring any runs. Obviously, you know, eight runs, uh, you know is a is a pretty large deficit there but it wasn't like Kopek led uh, uh left the game with an 8-0 deficit right it was still 4 to nothing and they, they didn't have any runs on the board at that point so again it is all about the offense here it really feels like the pitching even if it hasn't been perfect and I see uh Midwest Rippon saying Gio has a 5 ERA this past month far from great we're not saying
1: he's been great but again he can still be okay right. and they can get wins because it this happened is, today this is in fantasy baseball right this yeah. is i mean i'm seriously like uh, people people look at the stat lines and, and we look at them constantly and we're like that needs to be better that needs to be better that needs to be better but if the team wins that's all that's all that matters to them right now well, i mean
2: and giolito giving up nine base runners nothing's going to change because he's the starting pitcher the trade deadline's passed there's not a free agent out there that's going to take lucas Giolito's spot in the rotation right yeah even if you don't like what Lucas Giolito is doing, you're stuck with them for the rest of the year. One. So at least you want them to be
1: going five innings and in one and run ball because you know that's going to put them in a position to win. Well, and listen, we were talking at the beginning of this show about how nobody's expecting them if they are fortunate enough to make to, to win the play or win the division and make the playoffs. Nobody's expecting them to beat the uh, Yankees. Yep. Nobody's expecting them to beat the Astros. So what? What is your – if that's the case, what is your concern then that, that Giolito needs to be so much better for what? He needs to be as good as it takes for them to be better than the Twins by the end of the year. And, and, and right now, that's, that's what's in front of them. And then the next day, they can worry about him needing to be good yeah. enough to beat the Yankees or beat the Mariners or whoever the hell they're playing. If he wants to turn it on for the playoffs, I don't think any White Maybe. Sox fan would be upset. Right, but I think if he's going to go out there and throw five innings, a one-run ball – that's 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 really really good for if you're if you're the White Sox or you're the or a White Sox fan because it means that more often than not your team's going to win the game. Absolutely. Um. And
2: let's look a little bit ahead at the pitching matchups here uh, for Kansas City. After we tell you about our good friends over again at PointsBet, if you want to if you want to help support CHGO, if you enjoy C- if you enjoy CHGO. One way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two or three bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. You see right below me, you see the new release, the size C shirt. This is a great time to take advantage of this offer. Go download the PointsBet app. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever. You can start living your bet life in seconds by downloading the PointsBet app using code CHGO when you sign up. And if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all the web content. You'll be able to read all of our articles on allchgo.com, written by Vinny Duber, written by Ryan Herrera of our Cubs Beat, written by Jared Willis of our Cubs and Sox Beat. He's just an MLB writer. We also have great training camp, writing coming out from the bears crew got all of your blackhawks coverage from jay mario and greg you got sky coverage they just had a big win today you got fire and red star coverage it's a great time to take advantage of this offer you'll also get access into our chg or discord where you can talk to me Vinny, and herb throughout the game and again you'll get the free t-shirt so you're getting 50 dollars to the best and fastest sportsbook out there you're getting a free chgo membership and you're getting a shirt on top of it right now is the time to take advantage and support chgo of this great great offer ahead of you again download the points bet app right now and register account from start to finish all from your phone so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life at points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 four game series coming up Mm -hmm. against the kansas city royal in kansas city Off day tomorrow, we will have a show for you at 2.30 p.m., and we'll probably do a little bit more of the previewing and and recapping as well. But we got Lance Lynn on Tuesday, second game of the doubleheader. We can likely assume that either Reynaldo Lopez, who will be activated, might get some some run in that. Davis Martin might get called up and activated for that start. Um, I doubt Vince Velasquez will be ready by that point.
1: There are options. You've okay. listed all the options. Uh, I would think that if they that the best of those to them would be Davis Martin, uh, the way that he's been able to pitch for them so far this season. Uh, I would imagine that if they wanted to have the best chance of winning that game, that would be the guy they would call on. Uh, but I'm not quite sure how uh, you know he's lined up uh, down there in Charlotte if he's been on the rest that would allow him to pitch there. Or yeah, Vince Velasquez is is was on a rehab assignment the last we heard Um, maybe that's something that could happen as well Uh, and then there's always the old bullpen day Uh, not only that they got an off day tomorrow so obviously they would like to use that to get their guys some rest but if they feel like uh, guys are rested enough maybe they could even uh, rearrange things a little more uh, on that front and not uh, really screw with guys schedules too much so I would think Davis Martin would be the favorite but that does not mean he is a lock until uh, the team says otherwise. He last pitched on the third. So
2: unless he's pitching today, likely just going to, and they're delayed right now down in Gwinnett, and they have an off day. So it likely seems that Davis Martin will probably get the call up and, and, and join the White Sox on Tuesday. And we've seen that Davis Martin has had some good starts nice. versus the uh, Royals before, so I don't mind that. So it's going to be Lynn versus Singer, uh, Davis Martin versus TBA, Cueto versus Bubich, and Cease versus scranky. There's not a pitcher on that, you know, lineup or, or that you're going up against right now that I'm afraid of Herb you just saw Brady Singer be handled by the White Sox Chris Bubich is a lefty and Zach Grinke's crafty but he can't go longer than five innings uh, nowadays in his career I mean the White Sox should handle business
0: yeah I know they scored a bunch of runs eight runs versus Brad Keller they get to skip him as he pitched today versus the Red Sox and did well for them and also our bugaboo Daniel Lynch pitched on Saturday so thank Jesus we don't have to face that some bitch ever well this series in uh, Kansas City's White Sox schedule lines up for them. They got most of their good pitchers pitching this this uh this uh series coming up and then I think Dylan Cease will pitch on Friday versus the uh Detroit Tigers and he'll be in the House when Cascades in the house too. So <laughs> it'll be a good chance for the White Sox to take 3 of 4 in Kansas City. It'd be very disappointing if they lose to most of those pitchers, you know, Zach Grinke is a veteran, so he stymies the White Sox from time to time. Boobish, they should have no problem with at all. And they have Johnny Cueto and Lance Lynn going to the bump, along with uh, Davis Martin, who gives them a chance to win every time he goes out there. So if the White Sox bats show up versus the Kansas City Royals, which should be a hot series, I think the White Sox should take three out of four. I said that same thing versus the Texas Rangers. There's no notable people in the Texas Rangers uh, starting rotation, but Dane Dunning's out here throwing one-hitters. And we get to miss Martin Perez, and we still split with them. It'll be very disappointing if they come home from this road trip and they get a total split versus the Texas Rangers and the Kansas City Royals in eight games. Right now they're, what, 7-5 and in their uh, their 12 games they played in the 19 of these subpar teams. They need to go much better versus Kansas City and Detroit to end this off, as I would thought they would do in 13 and six. But you know they got to run the table pretty much to get there. You're right.
2: That's seven and five in their last 12 against Colorado, Oakland, Kansas City, and Texas. Um, and you just look at it too. I mean, you're going up against the Dodgers. The Twins are. I mean, the Twins. Can get dusted pretty easily out there in L.A. So, I mean, and right now you're two games back of Minnesota. You have a real nice series in Kansas City, and that August 12th date uh, looks a lot better. Um, Just to update you, too, on uh, Vince Velasquez, he pitched a third of an inning down Mm. in Charlotte, allowed three hits, two walks, and three earned runs. So
1: not... I mean, they they call him rehab starts, right? He's 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 re- 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 rehabilitated. Hasn't pitched in a long time. Yeah, he was yeah. on the he was on the injured list with that blister issue for a long time, and so I would imagine that just getting back into game action is a nice step forward for him. Considering uh, he's probably got a lot of rust to shake off, um, but uh, also who knows? I mean, they 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 kind of rearranged his role there a little bit into the season and, and turned him into more of a relief guy than the, uh, you know, swing man that we all thought he was going to be. And maybe the success that Davis Martin has had, had something to do with that where, you know, he's jumped him on the depth chart. Certainly he's pitched well enough to do so. So um, obviously you want guys with as much versatility as you can get you know, you run into trouble one day and someone's out in the first inning and you need a guy to go in there and eat up four innings and, It's not a time when Davis Martin is on the roster or something like that. So, obviously, uh, you know, nice to have that versatility in Velasquez, but his road back might take a bit because, uh, like I said, a lot of rust that he's got to
0: shake off before we can even start worrying about where he's at from a performance standpoint. And not only has Davis Martin jumped him as the starter, I think that Jimmy Lambert, mercy, Mm -hmm. that dude has jumped a lot of people as a reliever. Who would have thought that Jimmy Lambert would be one of our favorite best relievers this year him and ronaldo lopez have done the job from failed starters i'll put those in quotes to being guys that you can rely on every time they go out there whenever i see jimmy lambert now i'm like man game's over or this inning is cash because jimmy lambert's gonna give you a chance i think he's got what 12 straight outings where he's given up nothing he ronaldo lopez now you're seeing joe kelly come into what joe kelly usually does kendall graveman's a little bit better and Liam Hendricks, the bullpen is what Rick Hahn envisioned him to be, even though the the pieces might be a little bit different. And sure, he didn't expect that Jimmy Lambert be a big-time contributor to this bullpen or Ray Lowe, But they're top of the – like, when I think about the bullpen, I'm like, man, let's go and get Jimmy Lambert. That's what saved the game today. Like, Lucas can only go through five. Jimmy Lambert get the ball in the sixth, and I was like, cool, I'm fine with that. You're right. It's going to be smooth.
2: That 12 straight outings, Jimmy Lambert has not allowed a run. Uh, I think it's now 12 and two-thirds in his last 12 games where he has not allowed an earned run. Six hits in those 12 and two-thirds innings, Uh, five walks, and uh, nine Ks. And we got a super chat. Shout-out to our guy Nathan coming in. Vinny, what's your read on Pito's response to the question about the team's intensity and focus? Much to do about nothing. Steven, do we still have that? Screenshot Because we talked a little bit about this in the pregame. Uh, James Vegan ended up uh, asking, uh, and, and I guess, I, I don't know if it was James specifically, but James ended up tweeting out, or it was Daryl who tweeted it out. Daryl, through the translator, uh, Billy Russo, uh, asked Jose Abreu if the intensity and focus is where it should be. Pito said, and this was last night, the only thing that I can control is just trying every day to do my best and bring the best to the organization. That's the one thing I can control. I don't have control over other things other than that. Um, So what do you make of Jose Abreu's comments? Much Ado About Nothing?
1: I think think it would probably lean toward Much Ado About Nothing, in my opinion, because... Listen, we gotta we gotta uh, recognize the history of Jose Abreu's comment, public comments, you know, dating all the way back to before uh, any of his uh, you know uh, mentees uh, arrived at the major league level. I mean, he is a guy who has been the biggest cheerleader for this uh, for these young players and for where the rebuilding process was heading. He is, you know, he calls these guys his kids. He is not going to throw them under the bus in a public setting. I don't believe. Um, what I will say is. We don't live in a vacuum, and I and I don't blame people for reading those like that because when you have that coupled with the results that have been throughout now you know four more than four months of baseball, you can't help but kind of read them that way. And and I certainly saw that when I read them at, for the first time too. But you got to think about who it is that's saying these things, and I read that more to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I read that more as a non-answer to the question that right. was asked than it is some sort of uh you know dig at, at teammates who might not be doing the same thing that he is I see it more as like you know what I, I'm just gonna do my thing and and the same way that I've always done it and I'm not really gonna comment on it, this yeah it seems like him and AJ
2: Pollock come of the same cut of the same cloth I guess just because um you see the both of them hustling on the box right you see them kind of showing it on the field rather than saying stuff through the media like it would be pretty shocking for Jose Abreu in the, what, eight years that he's been here to now finally make a comment like this. Like, it really doesn't seem like Jose Abreu's just character to make a comment through the media like that. It's mostly, I'm going to show you that I'm a leader by playing 162 games each and every season.
1: Yeah, and again, I I really do think that he's talking about well, this is the thing I can control. Maybe right. he thinks, you know, there have been times this season where he was slumping really mm-hmm. badly, you know what I mean, where he was not uh, getting the results that he wanted. Now, obviously, that has turned around in a big way. But, um, you know, as far as the team goes, he's been on some really bad White Sox teams, you know what I mean, and this is not the worst one. He no. has been on He has been on teams that have lost 100 games. He's been on teams that have lost 95 games. Um He is a guy who is very much the exact same every single day. The work ethic, you've heard it a thousand times from every different person who's talked about him, is unmatched. Uh, He is Mr. Lead by Example, no doubt about it. And if he uh, is saying what he said that Daryl reported on there, that's what what he meant. He meant, listen, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing the thing that I've done for my entire life. And that's what I'm going to control. Hopefully, the results are what they are. I mean, he talks about this when 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 you ask him about the team struggles. When you ask him about when in those moments when he is not is not hitting very well, he just says, "Well, I'm going to just keep doing the same thing, and hopefully, uh, it turns around because I have faith in that my preparation and my work is 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 the correct way to go about things." So, you know, I understand why people read that the way it did because. Everything has context in this in the, uh, the way this season is going. Everything has the same context in the way this season is going. Um, but of all the people who would say something like that and mean it the way a lot of people
0: read it, Jose Abreu is not one of them. And just a side note, and I know it's not Jose's fault or you guys in the media's fault, I would love to hear from Jose, Joan Moncada, Larry Garcia, all these guys a little bit more. I know they got to go through a translator because that's where they feel comfortable getting their message out in their native tongue. I would love to hear them speak a lot more than, uh, than it's actually out in public because, man... That is a leader. That guy has been with the White Sox, and at the end of the day, he will have a statue out there at Guaranteed Rate or wherever the ballpark's going to be uh, after he uh, retires. But, yeah, I, I, so few and far between we hear from him, and I know that language barrier and Billy Russo's doing other things. He's got an actual job of, uh, like, is in media relations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, translating for every single Spanish-speaking guy is, might be a, a chore for him, but... I would just love to hear from those guys a little bit more. It's just, like, uh, uh, refreshing to hear them. And uh, I wish I knew Spanish more so I can just understand them and hear them in their native tongue. Because I think it's very unfair that we default as fans as, hey, speak English. You're in America. Speak English. No. Let them speak what they want to say in Spanish and uh, let us decipher what they're saying because we come up to their level. We were, we're learning Spanish a little bit more, and uh, they don't need to speak English for us to understand it.
1: Well, and I mean, I can – address what you just said there for the most part it's just like the guys who speak English it's uh it's on an individual basis Mm -hmm. some guys will you know say yeah I'll talk to you anytime you want and you just got to make sure that the interpreter comes over and and helps you out and you know the starting pitchers they obviously have to talk every fifth day when they when they go uh you know but some of them decide that that's going to be the only time they want to talk Jose Abreu is mostly um we'll talk on a very limited basis uh he uh as his career has gone on and again this is not he is far from the only person that does this in baseball he is far uh from the only big name player who does this in baseball I remember when I first started uh when I interned uh in 2012 and uh I, I was covering the Royals in Kansas City, but the uh, part of my job was if the visiting writer from MLB.com didn't come to cover the the visiting team, I would have to go cover the visiting team. So this was right after Pujols signed with the Angels, right? And so uh, I I was covering the Angels this uh, this series, and I was. I didn't know any of the politics or anything. And I walked up to Albert Pujols and I'm like, hey, do you got a minute? And he said, yeah, okay, after uh, after batting practice or whatever, go ahead. And the other Angels writers came up to me and he was like, thank God you did that. We can never talk to him. Like we know that we're not going to get to talk to him. Like, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe you did it. And it worked. Thank you for doing that kind of thing. Um, and so some of those guys just, you know, they, once they get to big name status, they're like, they're going to talk on their terms. And when they do, they'll, they'll answer all the questions, but you know, it doesn't, they don't necessarily want it to interrupt their routine to be a, uh, to be an everyday kind of thing. Jose Abreu has kind of gone in a little more of that direction, but certainly will, you know, talk when he has a big game and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, just to, you know, bring up your point about these guys not not hearing from them as often or something like that, it's a very individual thing sometimes. And and yes, the language barrier obviously does play a role between us English-speaking uh, media members and the Spanish-speaking players, and it would be great if that could be, you know, knocked down by our work as well as any, as any much as anybody else's. Um, but uh, it also has to do with just individual player preferences.
2: Then just after an 8-0 loss where you have two hits, does that mean do, – do you look at Jose speaking – a little bit more intensely then?
1: Like, does that, like... I don't know. I wasn't there, uh, obviously. Uh, uh, So I don't know what the circumstances there were. Perhaps it was... It does seem this year, uh, and I could be miscounting, it seems that he has talked more uh, on the road, maybe, to a smaller group of media rather than, you know, a lot of cameras and stuff like that. Uh, But certainly, uh, I wouldn't... I wouldn't claim to know what happened because I wasn't there. So
2: it's a lot easier talking to Daryl James and Lamont Pope than, you know, 20 other media
1: outlets when you're at uh, the G rate, you know, because it's sure. It's, it's, and it's perhaps small and, media. and not only that, too, it, it's sometimes that is seen as a uh, reward, for lack of a better term, for the traveling writers who, right. you know, who have made their way out uh, to the road series. You know, it's like, all right, we're going to make sure that you guys get who you want to talk to on the road. You know, when we're at home, it's kind of more. Who can we get based on so many people being in the clubhouse?
2: Absolutely. And shout out to Eli Stein who dropped in with a super chat from Israel, watching probably <laughs> our guy. Um, it's got to be at like midnight out there dropping. Uh, Late night dropping uh, is uh, two AM over there. Whoa. It's two AM dropping an Israeli new shekel. So thank you, Eli Stein. And he brings up AJ is batting four hundred as a leadoff hitter. I want to bring this up. We're talking about Jose Abreu. Um, Jose had three hits today. He goes three for five. A.J. Pollock goes three for five. Uh, you also have Aloy getting two hits. He went two for five. Vaughn went three for five with a home run. Yuri Garcia went three for five with a home run. And our guy, uh, Shea Fidel Garcia, also mentioning that Jose Abreu needs to step it up. Uh, he's hitting 300, 380, and 470. So uh, That's you know. on the season. Yeah. And he's got an MVP
1: as well. Believe he leads. <laughs> believe he leads the American League and hits. Is that correct? After today? Or at some point today um, he did? Let me see. I thought I saw that somewhere. Um,
2: but what did you guys make of
0: the the performance today? A.J. Pollock had a nice day. You picked him to click. I did. I did. And I know people want him to be the leadoff hitter going forward as Tim has struggled. Uh, no, they for... don't. Oh, my God. Twitter is going fi- wild. A lot of
1: comments uh, today on our chat right here.
0: Yeah, they're going wild. And you know, I would maybe entertain that if A.J. Pollock was an everyday player. But with the current... Roster the White Sox has, A.J. is not a full-time everyday player. So, no, I won't entertain that, that he's the guy. Tim, we know, can get the job done. And we know before the season's over, the old Tim will show up. Right now he's in a slump. That happens in seasons. And this is probably the first time it really, since Tim has become the guy he is right now, that he's had a months-long slumps that he's going through right now. So I believed him with a couple days off. uh, The suspension he's serving right now for this game that we just had and the first game in Kansas City will do him well. So he comes back Friday or Tuesday night and he's ready to play. And down the stretch, he can be fresh with the legs, fresh with the mind and contribute to the White Sox as the leadoff hitter. Now, if A.J. was a guy that was an everyday guy, maybe I would entertain it, but no, not right now. We
1: have we have talked so, so, so many times, this dates back to before spring training even started, about what Tim means to this team when he's when he's at full capacity, when he's at his full power, so to speak. Uh, he is a guy that cannot be matched with what he can do driving the bus for this team, powering this lineup when he is sitting at the top of it like that. I mean, you guys see it, and it's become almost you know something that people make fun of, that going the other way for the single and something like that. Guys, that's good. Yes. That is that is something that he can do to get on in front of RBI guys like Abreu or Aloy or Luis Robert or Vaughn. Um, Tim Anderson, when Tim Anderson is Tim Anderson. Right. Nobody can do for this White Sox team what he can do. Yeah, exactly. That's why he won a batting title. Right, right. I mean, he gets on at crazy
2: rates, and yeah, he's hitting 249 since his injury back on June 20th. I, I think Tim has earned the benefit of the doubt yes. to turn that around um, and again AJ Pollock isn't an everyday player I don't I don't think AJ Pollock leading off is going to you know honestly end up in him being a 400 uh, leadoff hitter like AJ Pollock in a very small sample size because ta is your leadoff hitter is hitting 400 because he's a professional hitter that knows how to get a job done but Tim Anderson is Has made his career based off of that spot. I think he's earned it. Hopefully, he's able to turn around because if he's not, the White Sox aren't going anywhere. Yeah, right. I mean, Tim Anderson needs to start turning it around at the top of the lineup for the White Sox to pull ahead out of this 500, uh, you know, kind of just swamp that they're in. Uh, Abreu now 122, uh, 122 hits on the year. Um, Dansby Swanson has 123. Riley has 124. Goldschmidt has 127. Trey Turner has 133. And Freddie Freeman has 134. So I All think national he's, leaguers. Yeah, so I think he might lead the American He does League. lead
1: the AL. He's one ahead of Xander Bogarts. Wow.
2: So congratulations to, uh, the hit to Jose Abreu, the hit king in the American League. And that's what basically happens when you hit 300 and play 150-something <laughs> games each and every year. We will have an off-day show for you tomorrow at 2.30. We will be previewing the Kansas City Royals uh um, series that's coming up for the White Sox in Kansas City again at 2.30 p.m. here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. The White Sox win this game and split the series out in Texas deep in the heart of Texas. Thank you. That was very in sync as well. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinnie Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence in the CHGO Skyline shirt. You can follow him on Twitter at twenty three. You can follow the show on Twitter at chgo underscore white socks and you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Make sure you check out the chgo locker and that brand new size C shirt. Uh, it is brand new hot off the presses. You want to go get that before again he turns into the Cy Young, we all think he will be. Uh, Dylan Cease is having a phenomenal year, so go celebrate that with the new merch in the CHGO locker. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us uh, Mr. Garcia, Midwest Rippin, Clark, uh, now Nathan Sheba as well, who jumped in with the Super Chat, Eli as well. Appreciate everyone for hanging out with us. Save Ferris. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us and watching and downloading. Join us tomorrow for the off day show. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show, and thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.